Welcome to Culture Conversations. Glad you could be here. I'm Sam Klinger. And I'm Gabby Thornock. And today we're going to be talking about sports diplomacy and the wonderful impact that it has throughout history and what you guys can do today to be a part of it. The list of times diplomacy has played out on a track, court, or diamond are endless. From Jesse Owens winning the gold medal for the U.S. at the Berlin Olympics in 1936, to Jackie Robinson becoming the first African-American to play in the MLB in 1947. These huge events and the political and social impact they had on the world are important chapters in the history of sports diplomacy and reflect the undeniable influence sport has had on society and people. Today, we want to explore the answers to three big questions. First, what gives sport so much power in the first place? Then how can it be used in conflict resolution around the world and in our own communities? And finally, how does it apply to you and why does it matter? So last week, we got to talk to Earl Kirtan former NBA player and current ambassador for the Detroit Pistons. And we got to ask him, as someone who's played on many teams and seen firsthand how basketball plays a role in communities, what he thinks it is about sport that makes it so powerful. Well, sports is, a, is something that brings people together. Uh, I mean, all different nationalities, uh, you know, everything. I mean, sports is, is a uniter is what it is. And, uh, you know, I kind of learned that at a young age, you know, I, I'm, pretty up there in age, you know, back in, uh, we had the riots here uh, back in 67. Uh, it was a, a tough time. You had race riots going on in the city of Detroit. And I, I was 10 years old, you know, when this happened. And I just remember that following year when the Tigers, uh, they won the World Series that year. Uh, we went from being a city that was separated to a city that came together because of sports. Uh, winning that championship brought everybody back downtown Detroit, everybody united, and you saw everybody of different races and nationalities celebrating a championship. So I learned at a young age that sports definitely unite people and bring them together. And uh, it's, it's, it's no color, it's no nothing. When, you, when you're playing basketball and you're on a team, you're competing for uh, one common goal, uh, and you're all working together, you're, you're loving each other, you're, you're having fun together. So um and, and it's, it's a uniter. I mean, I've had an opportunity to do it all over the world. I mentioned I played some international basketball. So playing you know, on a French team and playing on an Italian team and playing in Argentina, it's always the same type of culture wherever I went uh, in terms of uh, bringing people together. So as we mentioned before, Earl currently works as a community ambassador for the Detroit Pistons. They put on clinics and do service projects in the area. And actually a member of our team, Will Johansson, grew up in Michigan and had been to some of those clinics. So on the call, he was able to talk a little bit about that. And I remember when I was a kid going to the Pistons camps, um, it seemed like there would always kind of be a player or two when we would have these kids camps that would come in and talk to the kids. And while I felt they talked about basketball, sometimes I felt a lot of what they were talking about and the messages they were sharing were just kind of messages of inspiration, of hope, of dreaming and kind of accomplishing your dreams. Um, and that's something that I really appreciated. It wasn't just hey, here's, here's a cool low post move. Here's, your, here's how the footwork can be improved. It was, I had a dream, I chased it. Don't give up on your dreams. And that was definitely inspiring for me um, going to kind of those clinics where, where some of the players were present. 
No, the sport, the sports uh, relates to everything. It's not just basketball. That's another part of my job that I enjoy. Uh, you know, we have the Pistons Academy, you know, Aaron Smith runs every year. We have a ton of kids that come in. I'm always a guest speaker. That's another favorite part of my job is being with Aaron and sharing time with him. He does such a great job of working with the kids and me having an opportunity to come in. And once you get the kids in the gym uh, with the basketball, then you can educate them on a lot of other different things. Uh, so it's always good to come in and talk about, you know, how basketball relates to school, uh, you know, how, uh, you know, you practice, work hard every day uh, to become a better basketball player. You also have to work hard every day on your books uh, to become a better student. Uh, so it all kind of go hand in hand together. You know, during the course of a week, you practice and you prepare and you get ready for a basketball game. During the course of a week or two weeks, you prepare and get ready for an exam. Uh, it's, it's the same same type of thing uh, in the relationships that you develop through basketball, the friendships, uh, uh, you know, knowing how to treat each other, knowing how to work together. All this stuff uh, goes into the work world and, uh, you know, help kids at a young age kind of understand, you know, uh, through sports, you know, what life can be all about, too, because life and sports kind of just fall hand in hand together in terms of the things that you have to do. Uh, if you can imagine being on a team, I mentioned, you know, being in an international locker room. Uh, with an American and, you know, and, 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 and 10 French guys in there with me. And I got to learn a culture. They got to learn from me, learn how to get along the different personalities and all the things that's happening. You have to pick those things up and learn how to get, a, get along with people. I played for seven different teams uh, throughout my NBA career. That's a lot of teammates. Uh, that's a lot of different personalities, uh, a lot of different adjustments you have to make, a lot of different things you have to learn. I think, you know, throughout life, uh, you know, playing those years and playing with my teammates like they helped me to be able to function out here in the world today. So actually during the interview, we got to ask Earl about his current projects and what he is up to now. Right now, I, I tell you what, I just started a podcast. I'm co-hosting a podcast with uh, with Muggsy Vogues and Charles Oakley. Uh, it's been okay. the most fun thing. I mean, we're having so much fun with it. Uh, you know, we got some great interviews. In fact, I, I got Vital coming on this week. Uh, we just did Candace Parker. We did Alonzo Morning. It's called uh, the League Three OGs. Uh, we're digging into people's <laughs> careers. We're asking questions with different segments, and you know those are pretty impactful stories. So, podcast is one thing that I'm doing. My job, you know, with the Pistons is still an incredible job. You know, I love all of the things that we're involved in. Right now, uh, we 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 have to do everything from Zoom. Uh, but we're doing a lot of community stuff right now. We had a mentoring thing where we're involved with the police department and trying to make uh, better relationships between the you know police and, and the communities. Uh, the voting thing, we were heavily involved in by opening up our practice facility and, and giving people the options and educating people on uh, on voting and how they could do it with the sensors and all those type of things. So like Tom Gores, you know, tell us to be impactful in this community and you know, and try to help people. We're just looking for things that we can do to make things better and develop better relationships. Uh, obviously, we're in some tough times right now where all these things are desperately needed in our communities. And, you know, just with people basically learning how to get along and work together and do things together. As, as far as sports go, I think it's great that they're not only a way to kind of escape and kind of lose yourself in the sport as a fan or as a player, but it's just so much more than playing basketball. I mean, you're talking just now about voter registration and mentoring programs and it's just it's amazing that what starts is just a couple of friends getting together and competing has turned into something that really affects the community and and the world to be honest with you it's it's really really fantastic no that's no question about it um especially you know young people now that i'm you know i think young people are great now i you know um uh, being older now uh, the, the stance that you see um you know people take uh 
You know, just even, you know, with the Black Lives Matter thing that went on, just to see people of all different nationalities out there. Everybody was out there supporting one cause. Uh, when you looked around in some of those crowds and the peaceful protests that we had, it was a beautiful thing to see and how people were working together and how people were uniting together uh, for, for common goals. So Kirtan circles back later in the interview to reflect over the power of sport and why it is so influential. You know, people forget about everything. Uh, people just become people with sports. Uh, if, you know, if you ever look into a crowd and you look into a World Series or a Super Bowl and uh, you see all these different people, black, white, you know, Hispanic, you know, people of all different nationalities uh, pulling for their teams and cheering and high-fiving each other and showing love to each other. Uh, I don't think they think about anything else but, but the good time that they're having. Players are the same way in a locker room. You see the players hugging each other at the end of ball games and fighting for each other and willing to stand up for each other. Uh, it's what the world should be all about. Uh, but you see that happen in sports and it's always been that way. Um, that's why I think, you know, the players now got a strong voice when it comes to sports. Uh, you know, fans watch the game with passion. Uh, they watch the game with commitment. Uh, and it's got the ability to just unite and bring people together. Uh, I think people are, are pull for their teams. People ride and die with their teams. You got your Laker fans. You got your Pistons fans. You got, you know, your New York diehard fans. Uh, you know, so, and, and it don't matter uh, who you are, what you are. If you're a fan of those teams, then you all are on the same page and you all are pulling for the same goal. And the same with players. They work together. They do things together. They sacrifice with each other. All the things that we should be doing in this world, that's what you see happen in the locker room. That's what you see happen in sports. Playing sports is about sacrifice and unity and mutual respect, which reminds me of one of our favorite stories about sport uniting a group of people. In 1948, the National Party gained power in South Africa and quickly implemented a system designed to segregate the people, dividing them into four main racial groups, with white people at the top of the hierarchy and black people at the bottom. The mistreatment of non-white South Africans under apartheid lasted almost 50 years, ending in 1994. So, when Nelson Mandela became leader of South Africa at this time, he tried to find ways to unite the South African people that had been so divided for so long. One somewhat unexpected opportunity presented itself, and that was the Springboks rugby team. Rugby was, for the white people in South Africa, predominantly the Afrikaners. And uh, in, in the years of apartheid, it became a, a symbol of, of hate um, for the black people, which you can understand. Um, we love our sport, and as an Afrikaner, and I'm a proud Afrikaner. It's, it's when you grow up and you, you, you can play a bit of rugby, the question always is, is he good enough, you know? Do you think he can be a Springbok one day? The voice you just heard is Francois Pinar, the captain of the Springboks during this time. As Pinar said, the team was adored by Afrikaners, the descendants of Dutch, German, and French settlers. And so after the change in power, efforts were made to change the name. Mandela intervened and halted these efforts and challenged his people to support the team instead. There's actually a movie about this called Invictus, starring Morgan Freeman as Nelson Mandela's character. And in the movie, he says, Our enemy is no longer the Afrikaner. They are our fellow South Africans, our partners in democracy, and they treasure Springbok rugby. If we take that away, we lose them. This kind of sums up his ideas about Springbok rugby and about how he wanted to unite South Africa around the team. 
Mandela built a friendship with Francois Pinar, the captain of the team, and he openly supported them and encouraged the rest of South Africa to do the same. Then the Springboks won the Rugby World Cup against New Zealand in 1995. There it is. Francois Pinar and Nelson Mandela is cheering along with the whole of the stadium. Wonderful moment for the whole of South Africa. We hardly believed it could happen, but now it really is this rainbow nation all behind their team. Black and white South Africans alike flooded the streets in celebration. Up until that moment, it wasn't entirely clear how Mandela's efforts were being received. So this collective win was a huge moment for the country. A connection to a common rugby team seems like a small thing but it allowed for a bond to be made between groups of people that had been taught to hate each other. This allowed for better communication and cooperation as the nation healed from the impact of the apartheid. Somehow, the team and energy around the sport, with the support of Nelson Mandela, was able to help unify one of the most divided countries around a single cause. Of course, South Africa, just like the rest of the world, has a long way to go to create perfect equality and unity within its borders. But the role the Springboks played in moving in that direction is undeniable and shows the power sport can have in conflict resolution. To finish up this episode on sports diplomacy, we would like to introduce you to our friend Will Perry. Uh, some of my backgrounds around sports diplomacy, conflict resolution. And so I worked with the Palestinian and Israeli youth using sport as a medium for dialogue and, and conflict resolution there. When we asked Will about what got him into sports diplomacy, he mentioned a professor at BYU-Hawaii named Chad Ford. I had the chance to talk to Chad and be his TA. That was a pivotal moment. He's done a lot of work in the Middle East using sport, specifically basketball, with an organization called Peace Players International as a medium for, for dialogue and universal, almost this universal language that can be applied where you take mixed teams of groups. So it could be Palestinians, Israelis playing on the same team to overcome preconceived notions and misconceptions about the other so they're getting away from generational uh, miseducation about what a Palestinian is like and what a Muslim is like, what you know, an Israeli is like or a Jewish person is like. And you break down those barriers, barriers through sport. And there's kind of these timeout moments during the course of playing sport. So I was exposed a little bit of that with Chad. And then when I moved to D.C. and did my field work in Brazil, I had a chance to apply that through the lens of football in, in Brazil or soccer. And then further, I, I did some research in baseball and divided communities. He also shares his experience in Washington, D.C. I, I worked with the United States Department of State on uh, some sports exchange programs in D.C. I volunteered for an organization called D.C. Sail, a sailing nonprofit on the Potomac River in D.C. that uh, the whole desire was to get youth from underserved, underprivileged areas to come in and have a new experience that they might not otherwise have access to. Getting the youth involved, building these relationships, getting to know people that are from neighborhoods that are different than you, that you might not, not naturally run into in some of your social circles. And expanding the lens, and I'll tell you, it was as I, I gained more understanding, I learned more, I feel like it was selfishly more to my 
benefit and education than it was those kids. I it opened my eyes at a young age to power of sport, but I mean sport was just the vehicle, the the means to you know increasing greater understanding, greater love, greater empathy. Really, I mean, especially with everything that's going on in 2020, where the world just seems to be off its hinges with COVID, with racial injustice and all the crazy things that are happening in the world. We need more love and understanding and empathy. Yeah, so I think sport can be a huge driver for that. We wanted to include Will's insights in our episode for two reasons. One, he introduced us to the topic and got us hooked. We interviewed him on his career last year, and when he mentioned his time working with these organizations, he planted a seed in us we couldn't ignore. The second reason is Will is just like us. He grew up in the state of Washington, he has two kids, he likes making jokes, and he found fulfillment in working in sports diplomacy. He had us wondering if Will could find passion in sports diplomacy, and we could get so excited to make a podcast on it. Maybe he could inspire some of you to do the same. We've talked with a former NBA player and learned about a nation leader that have seen sports unite large groups of people. But we can get involved with organizations that work on a smaller scale but still make a huge difference. Examples of organizations that have a focus in sports diplomacy are Peace Players International, Right to Play, and Football for Peace. If you'd like more information on how to get involved with these groups, we'll post links to their websites in the description of this episode. We'll also put a link to Earl Curitan's podcast that he mentioned during his interview, and highly recommend you check it out to hear some cool insight on the NBA and its players. If you like this podcast and want to see more content on international topics, head over to internationalhub.org, where there are plenty of articles, podcasts, videos, and assessments to help you increase your international competency.